welcome to the Faithful Christian Podcast. What's up, people? Welcome back to Faithful Christian. This is Christian here. I am trying not to laugh. I am uh, I'm nervous because I haven't done this in a while, but I am excited to start this new season. I'm excited for the series that we're going to go over, Christians and... I'm just going to talk about different topics this season. Singleness, marriage, wealth, grief, process of living life. Um, just a whole bunch of different things that may seem mundane, but they are things that Christians sometimes wrestle with. How do we remain faithfully single? How do we deal with poverty and wealth? How do we manage marriage? Um, these are things that I really think we need to get the basics down on and we need to also be willing to face the darkness head on and say no you may not have this right like god has something to say about it and his people have a template that is proven to be helpful and beneficial for all um so i want this season to be one that is filled with love grace um all the fruit of the spirit i want it to be one that's filled with truth and one that invites um, believers and unbelievers to dialogue and to think more deeply about these topics. So this is kind of how I want to start off. The first episode is going to be on Christians and singleness. And I think this is a good episode to start on because I am single. <laughs> um, and singleness is not something that comes easy to me. Um, Ironically, my friend Easy is sitting next to me. Hi. <laughs> and then I have Mike as well. So I have Mike, Hoggard, and Easy, Eselito. You guys will remember them from the first season. Um, Easy was on Joy, and Mike was on Self Control. Sup? Oh, you would have Joy. <laughs> yep. Wow, Easy is so super cool. joyful. So I am excited to start this season with you guys being on the first episode. Yeah. And I'm honored that you guys agreed to come back. Appreciate you having me, dude. Talk to little old me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, just little, little old faithful Christian. Little old faithful Christian from um, the suburbs of Maryland. <laughs> Laurel. Uh, good old Laurel. <laughs> I'm honored that you guys, um, you know, are willing to come back on. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So as you guys thought about, like, being on this episode, what did you guys think? Or what are your thoughts on the singleness? I will say that I have, if I would to rank my, um, if I would have to, if I would to rank kind of my satisfaction, right? Let's just say satisfaction. I'm trying to figure out another word for it, but satisfaction with my singleness thus far, I'll, it'll probably be a seven out of 10. Okay. Only because I think that the la- the last couple is of course, the thing that we all probably would think that is struggle is just like being alone on like Valentine's Day or like, you know, just, you know, when it's like winter season and you want to be bunned up and stuff like that. Yeah, yes. it gets, it's like, you know, everyone's doing it and stuff like that. Nasty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like outside of those, like, you know, moments here and there, being single, single is actually really fun as as a guy okay i, I can only speak as a guy would it would be cool actually to do this same thing with women that's true to get their opinion it but it's be the opposite yeah huh <laughs> it'd just be the opposite of what we say it's not fun at all <laughs> i've been waiting my whole life to get married Sorry. no because here's the thing i have been able to understand parts of myself that i may have not otherwise understood in the past Mm -hmm. um by remaining single by being able to um also kind of navigate the world with just the lord inside of me and and leading me just by myself Mm -hmm. um instead of like you know having to have the responsibility to be in a committed relationship to the lord and and i mean a committed relationship to a woman Mm -hmm. with you know christ being the center of that it looks obviously it probably looks a lot different than when you're single and like that's what i love about being single is being able to have the autonomy mm-hmm. you know the autonomy that the, that the lord gives me um to live my life here in in a, in a dmv area um having the ability to not have to worry extra so we like worry is such a big thing that 
you know, we go through and the Bible talks about how we shouldn't be anxious for anything. Yeah. Um, I could only imagine like some days I'm anxious myself, just all by myself. Imagine having to, um, deal with some of the cares and worries of your spouse or cares and worries of a child and things of that, of that sort. Um, none of those things are wrong it, or bad at all. There's things I aspire to have in the future, but mm-hmm. I'm just glad that it has not come yet because I've been able to delightfully understand and learn more about myself and how and who God created me to be. But yeah, that's kind of yeah. like how I would describe so far. Okay. What you? What was the question? I just, what are your overall, oh, like, what are your thoughts on singleness? I'm sorry, easy took so long, I forgot what I was going to say. Actually, another question would be, what is your journey with singleness? What has your journey been? Oh, that doesn't help me. Um, so my oh. thoughts on it, well, from today's podcast, hopefully we're able to give some new, some fresh insight, because we've heard it all. Yeah, I, I, Somebody just had a singles event the other week, and I said, well, what happened? What did everybody talk about? And they said it's the same stuff. They've been hearing forever. So hopefully you guys are able to get something different and hopefully we're able to produce something different mm-hmm. or interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. I would say my thoughts on, are on it are, I think people need to stop looking at it like a disease. Mm-hmm. Um, Joseph Solomon did a poem on yeah, this. That was really, yeah, yeah, the PIA tour. So on good. It. And it was really good. And a lot of times the... Um, Older people look at you like, why are you single? Why are you single? And try to hook you up and don't even try to think about your personality or anything. And they look at you as if it's a bad thing. And I want to challenge them to say, do you even know where I am with the Lord? Like, that should probably be your most concern. Like, what if I'm out here crazy and doing some nonsense and you trying to hook me up? Yeah. Or I might look or appear on the outside that everything is going well, but you have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. So that's what I would challenge people who... Mm look at you and be like, well, why are you single? What's wrong with you? Or you need to, you're being too picky. You have no idea what you're talking about. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's kind of what I think about it. I think it's not a disease. It's not a bad thing. Actually, more people are single than what you think. Just because you're in a relationship does not mean you're not single. The Bible doesn't recognize anything mm. except marriage. So if you're dating somebody, you're single until you have a Absolutely. ring on the finger. So the pool is bigger than what you think. But um, yeah, it's not a horrible thing. And I, I say, I'll end with this. I had one uh, friend of mine who I actually, I, I met years ago. And when we first started hanging out, he was like, so are you you married? You got a girlfriend? I was like, nah. And he was actually married. But when I told him, I said, no. He said, wow, like you get to spend so much time with the Lord. Like, oh, he was like excited about uh-huh. me. I was like, okay. Yeah. Like, I never thought of it about it that way. But you have... <laughs> You have undivided attention to grow with the mm-hmm. Lord during this time. And if you're not doing that, what are you doing? So, True. yeah, that's what I would end it with. Oh, that's good, Mike. You brought up something that really made me think, like, what's going on behind the scenes in your singleness? I think that really makes mm. a difference in how your marriage will look. If, you're, if God's plan for your life is marriage, how your marriage is going to look. So how we manage what's going on in our personal lives in our singleness will carry on, will carry over to our marriage in many instances. Um, what are some things that you think, other than just craziness, that could be, I guess, affecting, like, what are some of the internal things that a single could be dealing with that could really be negative for a relationship if they were to pursue one as they're currently dealing with it? Um, I would say lust is probably the most obvious thing. Mm-hmm. Um, immaturity, selfish, like being selfish. Those are probably big things that could be going on behind the scenes. And so actually, until those, and not to say that you have to be perfect with going into a relationship. Absolutely I think the not. key is to be as whole as you can be. Mm-hmm. Um, but another person's not going to make you whole. So often people are, uh, I do get a lot of times girls are like, why men not pursuing? Why they not coming after me? And I want to be like, you actually should be grateful that they're not coming after you because they're a mess and <laughs> they're not even pursuing the Lord wholeheartedly. So do you want yeah. that pursuing, pursuing you? If, if somebody, if a man is not pursuing the Lord whole, wholeheartedly, then that we need to evaluate that. So don't 
just look at it as a as a bad thing as far as nobody's pursuing this that, and the other because you have again you don't know what's going on behind the scenes and if you're brought into the picture you could become an idol a woman could become an idol mm-hmm. a person in a relationship could become an idol you could separate them from they could be pursuing you and not pursuing the lord mm-hmm. so just try i say trust god's time and then there also are some occasions when guys we just don't want to shoot our shot because for whatever reason um, the people I know ain't like that because we just shoot if we see something we like. But um, there are some <laughs> cases where people are maybe a little timid or a little afraid. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's some those stuff behind the scene. I would say is you know the lust. It could be immaturity. Mm-hmm. It could be not even under not even know how to care for somebody else mm. or care for yourself. How are you gonna how am I gonna care for a partner if I don't even know about self care? Yeah. So mm, absolutely. Uh, anything to add either? I'm a pressure. Yeah, I agree with a lot, a lot with what Mike said. I'm interested to hear what he thinks or what you think mm. self care looks like as a single person because you was, you just alluded to self care. That's like a buzzword that everyone. So like that buzz, it's like a buzzword that's so popular within the past two years. Yes. And I, me personally, I've been leaning away from it because I feel like a lot of people use that term. And equals, oh, it's okay to be selfish. So how, how does that, what is effective self-care while being single? single? Like, what does that look like? Ooh. To me, my self-care routine is sometimes withdrawing from other people so that I can realize what I want. So I can realize what I need in the moment. Because sometimes I can get so busy or so drawn into other people's lives that... I lose track of who I am. So for me, it's sometimes taking a step back and saying, okay, who is Christian? Like, what is Christian? What are my goals? Um, what are things that I want to accomplish? What are things that, what are some things that I feel God is leading me to do? And I will be honest and say that this last, uh, last year maybe has been a year that I really haven't known what I wanted much of. Um, I've been so absorbed into other people and to my family drama and to the drama at my home church that anytime I could escape I would escape into friendships you know and I would just I have a personality that basically can just become like the person I'm around so I had to take a step I have to take a step back not that I had I need to take a step back at moments and say okay no what do you want Christian this is who I x person wants this is what y person wants and you're okay with that because you want to go along with the flow you want to keep the peace but what do you want and what do you need so for me that is one of my self-care regimens as a single um the other one and i'm failing miserably at this right now as well is just being more consistently at the feet of jesus and finding my joy and my peace and my companionship there I've been praying like I just want to feel the love of God in a way that satisfies me beyond um, any person could because even a spouse would never satisfy that fully mm-hmm. so that would be another self-care thing that I did and failing at and want to pursue again <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not feeling. You're just making small steps. I'm just making baby steps <laughs> in the right direction. You're just crawling, just barely like dragging myself. <laughs> um, your answer was very good because I'm in a very similar place. I think over the last year, and maybe even longer than that, somebody would be like, "Well, what do you want to do?" Or when somebody asks, "How are you?" or something, my response is, "What I'm doing? Like, I'm doing this." <laughs> And I think this might be a guy thing more than a, a woman thing, but um, yeah, sometimes I don't know what I want or how I feel because I don't sit and take the time to ask myself. And actually, my yeah. friend Candon helped me with this last year. She she had asked me a question. She was like, well, what do you like? What do you want? How do you feel? And I'm like, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> and I had to think about it. And like she yeah. was like, you need to sit down, pause, and write it out and figure out how you're feeling in the moment. And she asked me these questions and I started to ask myself those things because nobody had asked me that, those things before. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, as a guy, I'm just, li- I mean, I guess as a person, I'm just living and doing, I'm working, I'm chilling, I'm having, f- I'm having fun, I'm having a great time, but I'm not sitting down with myself and asking myself these key questions. What would you like to do for yourself? Not for the church, not for your friends, yeah. not even for your ministry or whatever you're, you're but for you. And that's kind of what the Lord, I think, is working on me on is like, I want to partner with you for you. You've been serving. That's great. And that's mm-hmm. amazing. You've been serving the kingdom. That's great. But now I want it to be about you. What would you like, my son? What do you want to do? Let's talk and explore your hobbies, your gifts for you. Mm-hmm. And of course, all of it is going to bring him glory. But that so for me, I think just basically what you said, that's kind of my self-care thing is actually sitting down and being like, huh, well, today I want to play the video game. Or today I want to go for a run. Yeah. Or today I want to write some songs. Yep. Um, somebody invited me somewhere, and instead of just going because I want to support them, I'm just going to chill out at home today because I don't feel like moving. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. And so that, that would be self-care for me. That's good. That's good. I don't really practice self-care that well. <laughs> we all practice self-care in some form. I'm trying to figure out. Some way, shape, or fashion. Cleaning. I love cleaning my house. Okay. <laughs> like for, that's house That's like distressing. That's like I'm stressed <laughs> and I got to yes. get some of this nervous energy out. Yep, basically. That's like, <laughs> that's what I do Whenever I'm, I'm like, what the heck am I doing with my life right now? I'm like, oh, I can clean. <laughs> and then when I, <laughs> when I clean my room or whatever, I'm like, oh. Now I feel good about life and I could go on. But. I can get that. I can yeah. get down with that. I, I used to stress clean. I remember <laughs> being a kid. No, seriously. When we lived in our townhouse, yo, I used to reorganize stuff all the time because my mom just, we had a lot of stuff. And I just remember my mom and my dad would go out on a date sometimes and I'd be home just organizing. Like, look what I did. I cleaned the dining room. And mom's like, where's my stuff? Mm. <laughs> I'm like, it's clean though. So yeah. I get it. I get it. I used to do that. Um, one thing I was going to say that he, that kind of prompted based off of listening to what you guys said was, I was just thinking when we're running the race, you know, Mm -hmm. of faith and, and trying to be, um, you you know, good and faithful servants of Jesus. Right. Mm -hmm. Like there's nothing that a marriage in my mind can like, that doesn't like it's not a pinnacle or it's not like a a module that you could add that super like now you're a super christian follower and now you're super, just because you're married you know yeah like that's the one thing i was uh, that like for some reason you said something mike and and it prompted me i'm like huh i was just reading about like identity in christ mm-hmm. this is something that like a, is a recurring theme like that always comes when people are doubting their sing- singleness i feel mm-hmm. like it's always because we don't know our identity and, and who we are in Christ. Um, we think that, uh, and it doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't always have to be about marriage. It could be like, we think that this one job will complete us and make us, you know, a better person or until mm-hmm. we reach a certain amount in our savings or mm-hmm. until we buy a home, until we, you know, get a girlfriend like a lot of people mm-hmm. who are single want. Like there's nothing extra that those things will bring that would help us um, with our walk with the Lord and, and do it better. Like yeah. It always starts with understanding who we are in Christ and our identity in Him. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, I want to actually switch the focus from just our singleness to like how the church engages with singles. Um, I think that the church has some extremes when it comes to singleness. There are the churches that are like pushing everyone towards marriage. Like, if you're single, there's something wrong. You need to look for a wife. You're too good looking. Why are you single? <laughs> and then there are the churches that, you know, that are silent on it, which is another extreme in my opinion. Um, and they're full of singles that maybe are lonely or that are suffering and are struggling with singleness and they need to be addressed. Um, so what could the church do? to better equip us singles to be single well, like to not complain in our singleness, to find joy in our singleness, to be able to serve Christ. Because our singleness is to serve Christ. Let's be real. That's what it's for, is to be able to 
we have more time for things of God um, and we have more time to be able to help others and to think less of ourselves um, we're not worried about taking care of a wife or trying to provide for kids like we ain't got that so how can the church help us to do that well with joy um I would say so it's definitely okay to have a discussion I think it I think it goes to us having a, a better understanding of it and honestly I, don't, I mean millennials we just have to know we need to teach to teach our kids about this because our parents didn't necessarily I mean we just lived and figured it out on our own for the mm-hmm. most part there yeah. are some people who have had those discussions but I would say a lot of times we weren't necessarily taught mm-hmm. about any of it and for example there's like there's no hierarchy so it's not like somebody might have mentioned there's not singleness and then you go to a higher level and then you're married all of it has a, we all have the same purpose every stage in your life is the same purpose singleness and marriage everything is all to bring glory to god yeah. everything yeah. it's just a different avenue yeah um so th- that number one is just a true understanding of that and then just living and not being weird about it i think some churches are just weird about it um true. meaning why you like they just go up to you and you know you two Oh my gosh, it happens so often. And I hate to say it, I'm not trying to just call people out, but women, older women, y'all gotta chill out. Like, chill <laughs> out. Why the men ain't asking back. nobody out? They're like, the women think, you know, they think something's wrong with them because y'all not asking them out. That's a that's a deeper issue if you're thinking that something's wrong with you. Your your identity shouldn't be in somebody asking you out. Maybe they just don't like you. That's okay. You don't want, a, as a woman, you shouldn't want just anybody like you want to be pursued you want to be valued and cherished if a guy's not doing that for you he ain't for you so don't just take anything and think bad of yourself because somebody's not pursuing you in that way it's just not the right time um but sometimes older women are just kind of weird about it and actually it's mostly them i haven't had i mean a couple of older guys that make kind of jokes about it but i just shrug like shrug them off but yeah, it's kind of weird about it, and they and they try to assess like, oh, well, you doing, you picky, you doing something wrong, you, you don't know nothing. Like yeah, you're yeah. not, unless the Lord is telling you this stuff. Have you been in your face about this praying or interceding for me? If not, then kind of chill out. Don't speak on it. Yeah, like be be slow to speak. Stop speaking so much when it comes to stuff like that. But I would think, as far as practical stuff, um, I don't know. Just living and being regular is not. And, and stop acting like it's such a weird or different thing. It's like everything else. I think we, we're we putting too much emphasis on singleness and singleness and singleness. It's life. Live. It's like every, every other thing. So, yeah, that's kind of how I would answer. I don't have anything practical that they can do. I don't know about any seminars. There's plenty of seminars. There's plenty of... <laughs> Plenty of events, same old, yeah, same old, blah, yeah. blah, blah. <laughs> like, yeah, so just live and relax. If any, if anything, <laughs> I know, you can tell I'm over it. If anything, um, yeah, I don't know, just relax and live and enjoy life. You know, My life is great. Ain't your life great? Yeah. And if it's not great, just chill and pursue the Lord and it'll be great. <laughs> not all the time see, you see, see who's kidding first and, yeah all right. I do have some practical things I think okay so one so one of the things I think um, we also live in a very western nice version of what church looks like so like I'm sure in yep. other places around the world this topic of like you know what Mike says of people you know older generation trying to hook up the younger generation or um, even sometimes when guys, you know, cause to, to his point, I, me personally, I've seen it on both. Cause like, you know, you could, you could say like, Oh, I'm, I'm single. I'm happy and stuff. But if you're still sliding into like girls DMS on Instagram, mm-hmm. that, that means that you're a little bit thirsty. Yeah. If you're still, if you're commenting mm-hmm. on like other people's stuff, other girls stuff all mm-hmm. the time, like that means that you're thirsty too. You, you might not be showing it like how the, how the girls might be showing it, but you're yeah. still doing it. But on, on the flip side, I think. The structure of how church views starts with how small groups are being set up. So, like, why you know don't have couple small groups? Mm. I mean, if 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 this is if it's truly like what you just said about living life, why is there a couple small group 
and in a single small group. Yeah, that's a good point. We should we should have it integrated because like because your thing like because like I get it from a church standpoint. Like when you're looking at business, and I, I'm not trying to like go too deep into like church structure because I'm not a pastor and I've never even started a church or anything. But I could understand why you want couples to be at a church. They have more. Um, they have the ability to have two incomes, most likely. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to be around other people because they've kind of uh, went from a phase of not having to worry about anyone else until now they have to worry and have responsibilities. So they want to naturally be around other people who have the same. Yeah. But that doesn't that that means that you that doesn't mean you have to always be with couples, right? So like the whole like there should just be small groups. Not single small group, men's only small group, women's only. Like there should just be small groups in general. Um, I think that would really help because, like, imagine you went to imagine today if you went to a church, and like there is no such thing as a couple small group. You automatically would be integrating everybody, no yeah. matter no matter if yeah. they're single or married. Or, yeah. So that's one thing I would say. The other thing I would say is um, is kind of change the structure of the ministries that you offer. So like, just like how small groups are kind of like dissected by, um, like married and non-married people. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the, with the, um, with the ministries. There's always singles ministry. Like just don't have a singles ministry. <laughs> like, ministry. Yeah. Just have basic ministry. Like just have <laughs> like, you know, help the widows feed the poor and whoever wants to do that, whether they're married or single, go yeah, right yeah, yeah so i think i think the structure is really is really part of grafting in every church because you can look up every look up any church right now on a dmv and they're like oh singles ministry singles this yeah, yeah. and it's all it's like it's like wrapped in our, our mind our yeah. cult, church culture to have like a mixer <laughs> yeah. to have this that and a third and if we just didn't do that then maybe it wouldn't feel so um, so weird, like what you're saying. It wouldn't feel so weird if we just stopped doing all of those things. No more single nights. No more mixers. No more, like, only couples. only women come to that anyway. So but, I'm I'm saying, but don't they serve a purpose? Like, I wonder if the devil's advocate was like, what if, purpose are they if serving? they didn't exist, then maybe some couples wouldn't exist. I don't know. Well, <laughs> well some couples also can start on a lot of that. I mean, some couples find each other at the club. That's but, true. You're yeah. like... <laughs> So, yeah, but, true. but what I like about what I like about what he said was the best small groups I've been a part of have uh-huh. been literally different ages, mm-hmm. different status, different places in life. If I, we had a small group at our church, and it's probably, I mean, it probably was the most successful that we've had because we haven't been doing a good job at it. We're trying to do better, mm-hmm. and we had two leaders, a male and a female leader. One was married, one wasn't, and we had older people, middle-aged people, singles, couple everybody Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we literally came and studied the bible together and it was like light it was every phase of life if i'm in a group with just singles how am i gonna be learning about the couple's issues because they ain't not they ain't around but if we're all together we can each learn from each other Mm -hmm. from the older people from the younger people Mm -hmm. and then i had another small group when i was going to grace we met on friday nights and i used to love going to it i Mm -hmm. Who wants to go to a small group on a Friday night? But it was mixed. Nah. Every every different type of age you can think about. Every different type of status. We had our little inside joke. It was like a family. And during through that, that creates the environment where you can even get to know somebody in that environment. And mm-hmm. then maybe take it somewhere. So there are places there for it. But mm-hmm. it took away the weirdness of it. And it wasn't like a, oh, I'm trying to like, we got to come to the singles mixture. Because it's just, it's just... A little bit weird and played out, yeah, and yeah, most yeah. people who go to that are women who and singles be covering like fifties year old. <laughs> I ain't trying to go to no singles event with no fifty. I want to be with my grandma. What we gonna be doing? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, me personally, on the mixers, <laughs> I, I do see men go to them, but what I, what I think of them is I automatically have this label of oh they must be thirsty mm. if they're going to a mixer because like. If you really didn't, if you really were satisfied in in your identity in Christ, and you were not, now I'm not saying that you live perfectly. Like you, there's gonna be days that like you know you feel lonely and stuff, mm-hmm. but like if you really going to a mixer is almost like, oh wow, like this is the one thing. If I could only get a boyfriend, if I only could get a girlfriend, mm-hmm. then I could really, you know, follow Christ. Great, or then I could really. 
do my calling or, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. And, or do the will. No, it's just like you can still do your will. Integrate with the local church community. Serve. Yeah. Be around all types of people. And just like the word says, like if you seek him, all these all these other things will be added unto you mm-hmm. in his timing and in his will. True. Good point. I like it. I like it. Okay, so here's another question about singleness. And this is something I wrestled with, although I shouldn't because I am an introvert. But I do because I'm a human. Um, how do we as singles navigate loneliness? I mean, I think all of us go through a phase of loneliness obviously um even we look at back in genesis when god was assessing adam it's like it's not good for man to be alone Mm -hmm. um now i don't think that all men or all women are going to get married i don't believe that i do not believe that is the case while a majority of people may get married um i think there are some christians that are single by choice and there are some christians that are single by circumstance um, whether they were married at one point and their spouse dies, or they were married at one point and you know they had divorce, or maybe they just are wrestling with sin that they feel like I don't want to introduce a marriage because this will be comp- this would complicate it. So, whether you're single by choice or single by circumstance, and you feel like that is where you're going to remain, how do those Christians deal with loneliness, and how do Christians who do want marriage? Um, deal with loneliness when they go through their spots of loneliness hmm. that's a good question I mean I can tell you what I, yeah but I don't think I'm really good at it right now <laughs> yeah I'm not I'm not, I'm not gonna lie I'm, yeah. I'm not good at it I think that it's been a really hard six months for me it's been a last hard uh, couple of years for me honestly in life in general um, because I feel lonely you know I'm like what is wrong with me? Like, why do I seem to have a habitual gift of singleness? <laughs> uh, and I know why, partially. I know my struggles. I know my life. I know what I have going on. But still, there's a question of, but I also, at one point, desired to get married. And now I'm at this point where I'm like, whatever. Like, it, it is what it is. If I get married, mm-hmm. cool. If I don't, God, mm-hmm. you're going to have to help me to not be lonely all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So what is my solution to not being lonely? It has not been great. It's just been keeping myself busy with other people or keeping myself busy with work. And when I do have a moment of solitude or silence, which I tend to enjoy, I used to enjoy a lot, I try to fill it like with noise. Mm-hmm. You know, I try to fill myself with distractions. So whether it's Netflix or whether it's things that I have no business doing, or whether it's a chat room, or whether it's downloading dating apps and trying to, you know, go on dates with random people who you have no intention of seeing again. Um, or maybe you do. You have plans of seeing them. You want to try to build something deeper, but you always feel, you almost feel like this is maybe not how I should try to find a spouse or how I should spend my time. I have better things I could be doing. I could be serving in the church. I could be fellowshipping with my brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know I just listed some things that maybe I deal with maybe some other people are dealing with mm-hmm. um, what are you guys thoughts I, I, was, I would say for me I'm like a very basic guy so like from from before I because I didn't grow up a Christian so like before when you have access to everything that your flesh desires mm-hmm. the biggest struggle is just basically that obedience of of no, this is not the way that God mm. intended you to do it. So be, knowing how that feels, and then and then you know having to, um, you know, subverse yourself, and 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 a daily battle of like you know asking the Lord to have the Holy Spirit to help me to not submit to my flesh, but submit to His word and submit to His calling and, and His love. That's that's the biggest daily struggle, and like that. You know, some days, some months are awesome. Some years are great, and then some days and weeks are suck or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I have figured out is this: is that um, just practical things like not I like not putting myself in a situation where I yearn for like any of my fleshly desires. So that that means if I had to stop going to the club, then stop going to the club. 
Like, mm-hmm. if it means, like, like, even if it's a lounge. Like, I have a lot of friends who um, are Christian, who are not Christian. And you mentioned this earlier, talking about what God is speaking to you about, like, what he wants for you. A good thing is, like, the ability to say no to things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, yeah, no, I'm not going to go hang out with you guys this night or whatever. Because I know that, like, oh, I'm gonna, I might, you know, I might go back into... Uh, thrifty ways of like, oh, I see someone start flirting with her for no reason, da da da, and why am I doing that, right? Yep. So not putting myself in situations that I know that are super easy to dive back into things, especially if I'm trying to follow the Lord, like, uh, you know, like like you said, like being single is the best way to follow the Lord, to, honestly, because I have no, I have, I have very little distractions unless I put myself in those situations to have those distractions. So. Yeah. I would say um, that, and also just, uh, I don't think it's bad to fill um, some spaces with like hobbies or things that could get you outside of like a lonely place. I was telling you earlier, like sometimes I'm, sometimes I get home and I'm in my apartment all by myself and then your mind can start thinking things and you can start wanting to do things and I'm like, oh, well, there's a reason why I'm always doing something. (laughs) Right. Um, Or even, or even replacing those lonely times with, in, this is something that Mike has helped me immediately. Oh, you feel lonely. Oh, you feel like this, that, and third. Well, grab a tune to read the word or pray. True. You know, right, right in that moment. As you mentioned a lot of, you, Christian, you mentioned a lot of different things. Like for the person who, this is a good thing. For the person who's like out there shooting, meaning like, hey, I see something I want. I'm shooting my shots, but shot. it ain't working. <laughs> Some, yeah, sometimes... <laughs> It might just be like, hey, I need to chill out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And I think about like when I was job hunting years ago, applying to everything and nothing was sticking at mm-hmm. all. And I had a job, but I wanted to leave and nothing was sticking. So what I did was I said, you know what, God, I'm going to be content where I am. And I started to think about the good things like, oh, at least I'm good at good at what I do. It might not be that challenging, but at least I get good ratings from it. At least I can work from home once a week. At least I can do this, and I began to get content, um, experience contentment, and make myself experience that, mm-hmm. and choose and decide to be content. And um, right when that happened, or a little after that happened, jobs literally popped up. I'm like, I don't even remember applying. <laughs> Somebody called me, and I was, and they're like, Yeah, so you applied? I'm like, I don't even know who you are, but okay. And then yeah. going for the interview, and I'm literally researching the company on my way to the interview. I don't even remember who they are. And I get to the interview, and then on my way home from the interview, they called me with the offer. Like, this stuff happens after I took my mind off of like trying to do the work and trying to, mm. because it wasn't working. And mm. People can just keep pressing and keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing. If you just keep pushing at something, and sometimes you're just fighting up against against a brick wall, when really you just need to wait and realize that actually you can go around it, and you're trying to go straight through it, and it's a way around it. So I say that this for the people who are shooting your shot, um, and it's just not working. Like if you're doing it all the time, and it ain't working, nothing is going in the net. Then you might just want to chill just for a second, you know, just to. Mm-hmm. Just reassess and see what's going on, and just take take part in in the Lord's contentment, because it might be something that you're supposed to be getting before He can move you to the next level, or before He wants to move not not level, but before He wants to move you to the next phase. But some some practical stuff to loneliness. Honestly, for me, I and this I'm trying to I'm I'm going to give something very practical. I just literally put put my all into God, like obsess over him, meaning like I write songs to him like all the time. I sing to him like all the time. And you don't even have to be like an awesome singer, but think about like David when he was going through all this other stuff. Homeboy, Psalms is all love songs towards the Lord, very intimate songs. And you're like, who talks to God like that? He did, and he was going through some crazy stuff. So we need to do the same thing. When we're lonely, when we're all this other stuff, refocus your eyes on God and make yourself do that because it will really change your perspective on everything. Cause really it ain't about, it ain't about you anyway. And it's, and it's perfectly okay to be like, look, God, I feel this way, but I'm going to, I'm going to be better, but you're still good, but you're still good. Mm-hmm. So even if this, if you write a song or whatever, and you're like, Oh, I'm lonely. I'm lonely. I feel this way. Nothing's wrong with that. 
the end part of that song should be, but God, you're amazing. But I believe what you told me. But I trust in you. But mm -hmm. you see, it's okay with stating the facts, but you need to also state with your mouth the outcome that, that God says. And if you believe and you know that, you know, the Lord has marriage in sight for you, don't give up for him. Just trust him and he'll, he'll make it work for you. It's just, a, it's all about like timing. I was at a, um, a church a few weeks ago or back in December supporting some friends actually. And <laughs> it always happens like that. You go, you think you're going to support somebody in the Lord's like, actually this is for you. <laughs> and so I was going to, to support them and the pastor was speaking on, it was right before Christmas and the pastor was speaking on Zacharias and Elizabeth who are John the Baptist's um, parents, who's John the Baptist's Jesus' cousin. And Zacharias, and, or Zacharias, sorry, Zachariah and Elizabeth were, they couldn't have kids forever. They got old age, etc. Mm -hmm. And one day, Zachariah, who was a priest or something like that, he was chosen by Lot to go and offer atonement or sacrifice or some sort of thing, right? So he says, cool, I'm going to go and I'm going to do my work. He goes into the temple or to the place and during his ministry, an angel of the Lord shows up and says, you're going to, and gives him the word that you're going to have a son and mm -hmm. your son's going to pave the way for Jesus. He wasn't even going to that to get anything. He was just going in it because he was selected to do it. And he's like, I'm going to do this unto the Lord. And look what happened when he just did his thing. Mm -hmm. And so his focus wasn't on that. Oh, I need to have a kid. Why are we not having a kid now? Like we, the Lord, no, he, you talked to him about it already. You get it. Make your... He made your petition. He understands what you want. You get it. Now you just need to get back on track with doing what you're called to do your purpose in life. Mm -hmm. And then just the timing of that. If Zachariah and Elizabeth had John the Baptist too early, then John the Baptist and Jesus wouldn't be growing up together. If he had it too late, then who would baptize Jesus? Like everything behind the scene, like you have no idea what's going on behind, what the Lord is working behind the scenes as to why you might why you might be getting married at a later age mm -hmm. why you it might be for somebody else it might be for thousands of people you have somebody somebody that you're supposed to be with might be in a relationship with somebody else literally you the lord could be keeping you and hiding right now because they're waiting for that person to to make a decision and come out of their thing so that you can find them so just different stuff about timing that we need to grasp and be okay with but yeah the the practical thing Write to the Lord, sing to Him, kick it with Him, talk to Him, and just do your purpose. Find find out what you like and just do do your purpose. Uh, I think that's the main thing. A person without a purpose that does not know where they're called to go, they're they're gonna be dis distracted by a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. So yeah, use this time to find what you're specifically assigned to do. And I'm not just talking about like, oh, I need to start a church. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about your assignment could be work related. It could be personal. It could be vocate. It could be anything. But find what that passion and that purpose is, and then move towards it. Development, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. That's really practical, and I think that's helpful. Um, because I think, like you said, if you don't have a goal, you don't have a aim, you're going to try to reach for it wherever you can find it, and that just doesn't lead to goodness. <laughs> so. I like that answer. Okay, so when it comes to singleness, another thing that I think a lot of people in the world and the church even um, think about is celibacy. So I've listened to this podcast and I remember this guy saying, oh, there, I think to celibacy is just impossible, you know, like for anyone. I'm like, wow, okay, that's, you're supposed to be a Christian, right? Like, so <laughs> why would you say that, you know? Um, what are you guys' thoughts on singles and celibacy? How can we promote that amongst ourselves? How can the church help in that? Um, and how can we help those who maybe have already fallen victim to sexual sin or who are actively involved in sexual sin who are Christians to see the light and to see, all right, brother, sister, let's get back on task. Let's Remember that our body is not made for sexual sin, but it's for the Lord. Mm -hmm. And God can keep you during this time of waiting. Or if you're called to singleness, if he's called you to it, he will equip you to be able to walk through this without stumbling. Obviously, there may be struggles, but if he's called you to it, he's going to equip you for it. 
he calls all of us to be pure. He calls all of us to practice um, purity in that manner. So as believers, how do we walk through that? Hmm. That's a really deep question. I, the, the number one word that came to mind is just inclusion um, mm-hmm. and everything that we do. Um, and something that we, talk, we were talking about earlier is just being able to confess. Mm-hmm. Um, confess to brothers and sisters um, kind of what we're going through or, or any sins that we're in. Of course, you don't have to be broadca- broadcasting it across everybody so mm-hmm. people could gossip and stuff. Small group is a great place to, like, you know, I, to really be for real. So, like, I have been blessed to be part of small groups where, like, you could be brutally honest. I feel like that's what small groups are supposed to be. They, mm-hmm. for some reason, they turned into some social club thing or whatever. And it's actually supposed to be, like, you know, a place where we could go and confess, right? I feel like confessing things to your brothers and sisters who are walking um, this phrase together mm-hmm. is so important because now you don't really have a place to hide mm. and it, and then including them in everything so like you know it doesn't always have to be you know your typical whatever you think of leading this ministry or leading this talk or um, you know being in this position in the church and whatever mm-hmm. I feel like if you could include people um, in various facets of the church structure it would be really helpful yeah. Um, because I'm because I I am a person that like I, I don't believe that I am called to be single forever. It's really hard to understand. Um, yeah. except for like you know if it if it's because of a specific struggle or anything, um, you know, I'm content in seeking the Lord and then having Him dictate what this life would look like for me. Yeah. Like I've come to a point where I'm focusing on eternal things and not things that are right here because there's nothing in this world that we could take mm-hmm. when when he comes back or when we go up to him. Like Whatever little kingdoms I've built, whether it's network of friends, whether it's a business, whether it's you know the money that I've saved up for retirement, all that stuff doesn't matter. Like, so that's one thing I would help encourage people who are thinking of or living in celibacy is that everything is temporary. This life seems like it's long, but in God's time, it's, it's really short. And we have to think about life as an eternal thing and not as a static. Uh, this is everything that we got, so give it all. Give it all here for this little bit of time. I would say... Back to the whole timing thing, I think we have to under first understand and admit that we did it, we we we've done wrong and we went the wrong way. Specifically, when it comes to that, because even having having sex, like sex, is God ordained and created, and it's amazing and it's has a great purpose. Not only just to for reproduction, but it's pleasure. It's literally probably the one of the closest euphoric feelings you can get to like a heavenly thing or whatever um and it's a reason i mean it's a it's a reason for that and it it happens between man and women uh man and woman under the covenant of marriage and we perverted it and used it for our own glory so again back to this timing thing now we're at a place where it's looked at as a bad thing and sex is not bad but it's because it's because we perverted it we've used it out of thing if we would have stayed to the track and waited to marriage to have sex it could save so much stuff so many people get people get divorced because of bad sex and because of whatever and it really is like well how would you if you had waited to marriage you wouldn't know what bad sex was because you would just think this is what it is yeah like so that's that's number one and this is all to just say so that we can teach our kids and I think that's another thing is thinking about not about self, it's about the next people. Like, although our parents might, our parents did the best they can do, their parents did the best they can do. Now we got to take our knowledge and teach our kids that we're going to have, you know, in the future. So all this is going to be for them. So even this stuff that y'all getting from the podcast today needs to be passed down to your kids at a young age so they can understand. But, um, I would say as far, as far as purity, yeah, understanding the purpose of sex and it's, 
it is to bring glory of God and it's okay and it's great and it's okay to desire it if you've messed up um, before you have to put that you have to put that flame out um, and the only way to put that flame out is by, by running to the Lord this is a scripture um, that kind of helps with that Psalms 119.9 says how can a young man keep his ways pure by guarding it according to your word with my whole heart I seek you let me not wander from your commandments I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you blessed are you O Lord teach me your statutes with my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth this is who is excited about commandments and statutes this guy like if this is david or whoever is writing this they're excited about the commandments of god the statutes of god uh, my whole with my whole heart i seek you let me not wander from your commandments that's how you stay pure not wandering away from god's commandments mm -hmm. and it sounds cliche but if you're if if you're not yeah, if, if you're not fully thirsting for him all the time, you're doing yourself a disservice. And I would say figure it out and try to thirst for him and get get that right now. Get that right now. And if you don't have it, ask him for it and push yourself until you get it. Like move towards that until you get it because that's the only way you're going to stay pure. Because the thing is, even with sexual immorality, like sex, for example, if you're like, well, I got to have it at least once a week, that's not, and it goes from that, and then you hit that little threshold. It's like drugs. Then it's like, that. that's not enough. Now I need it twice a week. Now I need it three times a week. Now I need it something else. Oh, now, this now I need pornography. Now that ain't enough. Now I need bestiality. Like, all this stuff is just perversions of the reality of what it's supposed to be because our flesh is wicked, number one. So if you're just thinking, yeah, I, I can't, I can't not do sex. How can you, can't? You need to figure out some self-control. If you can't, if your body is literally making you do stuff, that's what, you got some self-control issues, and that's a problem. And you control your body is in submission to you, yeah. to to the spirit that's in you. You're you control the body. If it's one thing that we can do as as people of God and as people in general, if we can control our stomachs and our sex drive, those are like two things that. And we can just get them under submission to the spirit of God, we would be good to go. Our tongues like, too. Yeah, three <laughs> things. Um, but that would be like huge because that's why people. That's why you're fasting is to like kill the flesh so or weaken the flesh because the flesh is like I'm hungry, feed me. Mm -hmm. And you can look at the flesh and be like, that's cool, but you know, man shall not live by bread alone, like, but by the word of God. You you good? You can survive a day without food. Like, chill out. True. And then the flesh will might fight you back, give you a headache. It might give you a stomach ache or whatever. But then watch your body get in shape because it's like, you know what? I'm trying to push this guy with everything I got and he ain't conforming. So let me do what I need to do to get in line. It's the same exact thing with the sex drive. It's going to take time, especially if you've had, if you're trying to wean yourself off of sex and you're, you have a girlfriend or boyfriend and you're doing it all the time and then you just decide to stop because you're trying to pursue the Lord. It's going to take some time for your body to adjust because your body is used to getting an erection and letting it loose. Like, And then your body has like literally adjust and be like, wait, okay, now I got to find out another way to do this. Yeah. And and I've, I've read a, a ton of books on this. And I mean, I've even researched like what happens if you don't, if whatever, <laughs> if you don't, whatever, you know, I'm trying to think of the P, PG word for it. I don't know, but y'all know what I'm saying. For a guy, the body will find other ways to release. So it'll release through your urine. It'll release through other toxins. Like So you do not have to release in the form of masturbation or in the form of ejaculation is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, it ain't going to be easy. But nothing great ever or nothing worthwhile is, is easy. But in the long run, it's definitely worth it. My encouragement to singles who are, I guess, who may have fallen already, would be to remember there's no condemnation, one. You are in Christ. You run to the, you get up. You get up. Don't stay down there. Don't accept it as this is just how it's going to be. I'm going to always struggle with this. No, God will provide a way of escape. Mm -hmm. So trust him. And when he provides a way of escape, take it for crying out loud. Don't run. just say, well, there's a way of escape. And keep pursuing it. No, you take it. You run like Joseph did with Potiphar's wife. 
So run from sin. We have to stop treating our sin as if it's this little cute pet. Mm-hmm. Like it's a beast and it's meant to be murdered. That's like we point. have to kill it. So, and I'm talking to myself here. Like I'm sure talking to Christian. Like I got to kill my sin. I can't tame. I can't entertain it. It can't be tamed. So we just have to be vigilant in it. And Mike alluded to something, uh, to self-control. And it just made me think of the sermon I heard at church on Sunday. Um, my pastor, we were talking about maturity in the faith. And what is one of the morals of maturity? Self-control. Like we're going, it's through Titus that we were looking at. So Titus um, Titus 2 um, is where we were teaching, he was teaching out of. And a moral of maturity is self-control. So older men are to practice that. That's in verse 2 of Titus 2. Younger women in verse 4, younger men in verse 6, older women implied in verse 3, and then the pastors who are shepherding these people in Titus 1, verse 8. Uh, Self-control is so essential, and it's a fruit of the Spirit. So if you have the Spirit living within you, your temptations are not stronger than the Spirit. It may feel like they are, but God has never lost a battle. He's never lost the war. The devil just plays dirty. Like, straight up. He plays dirty. He has no boundaries because he knows he's already lost. Especially if he belongs to the Lord. So, he's going to play dirty. But we have to be vigilant. We have to be wise. We have to practice self-control. And I loved how my pastor, um, he defined self-control on Sunday as a gospel-necessary, faith-motivated, Holy Spirit-empowered virtue that produces mastery of our thoughts feelings and actions that protects us from destructions and prepares us for service to God. An amazing definition for self-control. And obviously one of the benefits of self-control is sexual purity. And like I said, it's not something that we have to pursue on our own. We pursue it in fellowship with believers. We pursue it in our walk with Christ. And God, like I said, will give it to us as it is a fruit of the Spirit we just have to be vigilant in pursuing him and trust that he is producing the fruit in our lives because if you are his he is producing that fruit of self-control so my encouragement like i said just get up get up run from sin don't tame your sin it is a beast to be killed it is not a cute little bunny rabbit or cute squirrel whatever animal type you're into it's not that and it's going to kill you if you don't kill it so get to work, kill it. Like don't accept that as the norm because the culture says it's the norm. It's not the norm and it's not how God intended it for us to be. He wants us to enjoy intimacy with our wives or husbands if you're a woman. And there is no other acceptable form of sexual intimacy at all outside of that context. So we have to get back to understanding that and accepting that as the truth and being okay with it because that's what God says. And it's a hard truth because that's not what our flesh wants. Mm-hmm. But it's the truth. It's a truth that's offensive to even Christians. But we have got to remember that. It's the truth of God's word. God has not changed on what he thinks about this topic. And we have to be faithful in our wrestling. So wrestle. Wrestle with it. Don't just give in. Fight it. Don't let it kill you. Yeah, that was for me. (laughs) (laughs) That was for me. I don't have anything else to add. (laughs) I have something. So it's a um for people who are on the opposite who like don't who aren't even like pressed for like at all for relationships. This is again something the Lord is working with me on. And my friend Shayun, shout out to Shayun, he always gets on me. He's like, Mike, make sure you're praying about your wife. Make sure you specifically ask ask about that. We, I went to his vision board party, and he looked at my vision board, and he was like, hold up, you're missing something. And I was like, no, it's not. It's right there. <laughs> so for people in a situation where you're super focused on everything else, which nothing's wrong with that, the Lord wants to partner, I believe, with people, with everybody, number one, but specifically for people that I'm talking about right here, he wants your involvement with, finding your spouse so he wants you to ask him for it and say hey this is what i would like if it's in your will this is you know and pray for your wife pray so i'm literally praying for my wife and praying for my kids 
and letting him know verbally, hey, I do desire this and help me to increase that desire. Because when you've been single for a while, you kind of just go with the flow and you just live. Mm -hmm. And you could somewhat forget that. Well, actually, I got to my my purpose, a part of my purpose will be revealed to me also through marriage. So that's a Mm -hmm. part of my life. That's a, a piece of the season, like the next season. And so I need to start thinking about that and sewing into that. So I've been doing that more. So definitely if you fall within that boat, and really everybody should be praying anyways, but if you specifically fall into that boat where you're not talking to God about, hey, this is what I like, or you just don't have a desire at all, and you think, well, maybe him, let me figure something out. Just talk to him about it and say, hey, Lord, give me the desires. Put on my heart the desires, and he'll give you strategy um, as to what to do. So good another practical thing i've thought of right when he said that was um this this is something that goes across people who are couples or single but like mm-hmm. it's really important who you surround yourself with yes. um it's like it's it, it has dramatic impact in what you do and how you mm-hmm. think and what you emulate and stuff so um one of the things that have that has really helped me and um, thriving in singleness is that I have switched focus in terms of, I remember in my early 20s, I was hanging out with all types of people and emulating all types of things. But as I slowly began to understand that I have to, if I'm going to walk this walk and, 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 and be a good Christian and, and follow the Lord, um, part of it is that we're not supposed to do it by ourselves. We're supposed to do it in the community of Christ, um, in the body of Christ and um, surround yourself around really good um, friends um, of all kinds that you could have a diversity of friends of all types of people um, but if they're pointing you to Christ that's the best group of people that you could be around because yeah. it's really helpful yeah. um, without that it could be super super hard to try to do um, life in general let alone singleness by yourself true I guess I do have one last thing I want to talk to the single specifically that may think that God is calling you to singleness and you feel like this is something I think that God is calling me to. Maybe you're older, maybe you're wrestling with other struggles that um, will cause you to believe that singleness is where God has you. Um, to remain faithful in that, to take that to the Father even and to trust Him with that. Mm-hmm. Um, he will tell you and He will reveal, obviously, as time goes on, how to handle and to manage that. Um be intentional about pursuing relationship with those in the church though like we're not meant to be single and just to be isolated so we're meant to be in the family of christ so that means maybe getting plugged in with a couple at your church and having dinner with them weekly or you know being like the uncle aunt to their kids and developing those deep intimate family relationships so don't think that your singleness is it is a um, death sentence to be alone. No, it's a sentence and it's an imitation rather. It's an imitation to pursue familial relationships in a different way. So pursue them. And if you feel like that's not something that's happening at church, express it to your leadership. Express it to those in the church. Hey, I'm single. I don't know if God's plan for me is marriage. I want to be involved in a family and I'm certain that there is going to be someone there who understands and who gets it and who wants you a part of to be a part of their family. So don't think that your only option is to just wrestle with your singleness alone every day because it doesn't have to be like that. Mm. And I think that's what I really want the church to understand as well is that there are singles that are going to remain single and we need to gather around them and make them realize and let them know you have a family, you are welcome, you don't have to be alone. Um, and that's important as well because there are going to be those who do not get married. And even Paul, you know, in 1 Corinthians 6, basically, or 7, sorry, 1 Corinthians 7 said, Now as a concession, not a commandment, I say this, I wish that all were as I myself am, but each has his own gift from God, one of one kind and one of another. To the unmarried and the widows, I say that it is good for them to remain single as I am, but if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. He also goes on to say, you know, he basically wishes that some will remain single. And I think the purpose of that is for them to be devoted to the work of Christ. And 
So yeah, if you're single and that's where you feel like God has you, cool. Trust him with it, but also delve into family and um, to community so that way you're not lonely. Um, so that's my encouragement to that category of people that may be listening. So yeah, that's really all I have. Um, thank you guys. Thank you, dude. And not uh, remain faithful in your singleness if you're single. alright guys uh, thank you for tuning in for the first episode I'm so honored that you guys have come back or are tuning in for the first time Um, I'm not certain which episode is going to be next I'm kind of going random this this season so I can't tell you what's coming up next so I'm just going to say peace it's a surprise it's a surprise peace out